continue again. Uh, we ended last session about this thing about uh, the gospel is supposed to be combined with signs and wonders. And, you know, if the gospel was only about talking, we might maybe be able to do that in our own power. It would be a lot more effective to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit, but you know, with my own intellect and speaking ability, I might be able to present uh, a good message uh, in my own power. But the thing is that our mission, the, the task that we have been given, is more than just presenting a message. And that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We will not be able to really fulfill the Great Commission without the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why, as we saw in last session, Jesus specifically told the disciples to wait with starting on the task that he, he had given them until they had been uh, endued with power from on high. Uh, some maybe argue that, you know, that uh, healing is not mentioned in all the different accounts of uh, the Great Commission. Like in Matthew, it says nothing about healing or casting out demons or not in Luke either. But, you know, the, 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 the different um, uh, versions of the Great Commission, like in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke, they are not contradictory. They, they are not speaking against each other, but rather they complement each other. So Matthew talks about what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to make disciples of all men. Mark focuses on how we are supposed to do it. We are supposed to do it by preaching the gospel, healing the sick, casting out demons. And Luke focuses on what the message should be. We should preach repentance, uh, repentance and forgiveness of sin. So the, all the three, how to say, main versions of the Great Commissions, they are not in contrast to each other, but they complement each other. Matthew focuses on uh, how to say what we should do. We should make disciples. Mark focusing on uh, how we should do it, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, casting out devils, and Luke focusing on what our message should be. Repentance and forgiveness of sin is, how to say, our message. I would like in this session to address uh, one common question that I get when we're not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is that many people say, well, doesn't all believers have the Holy Spirit? And if all believers have the Holy Spirit, why do I then need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And that is true. All believers do have the Holy Spirit. You, you cannot be saved, you cannot be born again, except by the Holy Spirit. So I do believe, yes, all believers have the Holy Spirit. At the same time, 
when we read in scriptures, we see that there is a separate experience with the Holy Spirit that is not the same as being saved. The Bible separates salvation, starting to follow Jesus, becoming a believer. It separates that from being baptized, having the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, one place where this becomes clear is if you compare, compare John 20, chapter 20, with Acts chapter 1. Because in John uh, chapter 20, verse 20 to 22, Jesus has risen again from the, from the dead, and now he is appearing to the disciples. And it says, As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I believe that when Jesus said, Receive the Holy Spirit, they received the Holy Spirit. Yet, when we go to Acts chapter 1, it says in verse 4 and 5, Acts 1, uh, verse 4 and 5, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Do you see the contrast here? In John 20, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. At the same time, in Acts 1, he says, wait until you receive the promise from the Father. In just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So in John 20, they receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, they are told to wait until they have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you go through the book of Acts, you see again and again, it separates the issue of forgiveness of sin, salvation, with the issue of receiving the promise from the Father, the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We see this clear in, in Acts chapter 2, when, when uh, uh, Peter is kind of preaching to the crowd that has gathered because the Holy Spirit came, they started to speak in tongues, they made a big charismatic chaos noise, and then people gather together, and then Peter starts to preach to them, they get convicted, and they ask Peter, what shall we do? And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter says, Peter replied, Each of you must repent for your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So do you see how 
Peter is separating the issue of getting your sins forgiven, getting saved, and the issue of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. So first he's talking about repentance and baptism. Then he talks about, then he kind of says that when that has happened, then they will be ready to receive the gift. And we see very clear here, if you read the next verse, that this was not something that was supposed to be only for the first apostles or for the first believers. Because Peter, in the next verse, Acts 2, verse 29, he says, This promise is, or 39, This promise is to you, your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. This promise is to you, your children, and for those far away, yes, for all who have been called by, our, by the, uh, the Lord our God. What promise? What they had just experienced. What had they just experienced? They had just experienced being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Peter specifically says that this is supposed to be for all who have been called by the Lord our God. So Peter, from the very beginning, says that this is not something that is going to die out. This is for everyone, as for all who the Lord, uh, by, uh, called by the Lord our God. Then we continue. In Acts chapter 8, we also read in last session, Peter comes to Samaria. He preaches the gospel. The result being many people, they listened to the message, they believed. And then in Acts 8, verse 12, it says, But now the people believed Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Okay, so what is happening here? They hear the message. They believe the message. Many of them even taking the step of being baptized. Did these people get saved? I think most people say yes. They heard the message. They believed it. They responded. That's how you get saved, by responding to the gospel. So I would say it's very theologically sound to assume that these people did get saved. Yet, when we read verse 14 to 17, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers, so it calls them believers, to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them, any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon them, on these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. So here we see again, it was so important for the first apostles, for the first Christians, the issue of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that when they heard that Samaria had received the word, 
received a message. Immediately, they sent Peter and John. Why? Because it was important for them that these new believers also got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It calls them these new believers. And they went there so that these new believers who already had the Holy Spirit would also be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We see the same in Saul's conversion. If we go to Acts chapter 9, you probably know the story how Saul, he has his vision, he sees Jesus, uh, he says, Lord, Lord, who are you? Jesus replied, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And if you have read the story, you know that he got blind, he got led into Damascus. And while he is there, God speaks to Ananias, a disciple. And in Acts 9, verse 11, God is saying, the Lord said, go over to the straight to straight street for the house uh, to the house of Judas when you get there ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul he is praying to me right now i mean this is really cool evangelism it's not a just going around talking to everyone you meet but it's god saying go to that house because right now there is someone in this house who is praying to me Ananias, he knew who Saul was, so he was a little bit doubtful. God, are you sure? I've heard things about this Saul. He doesn't seem like someone who is very open to the gospel. But God knew that he was praying. And when somebody has had a vision of God, vision of Jesus, they have seen him, uh, and they are praying to him, I think it's quite safe to say that when someone is praying to God after they have really had a vision seeing Jesus, I think it's safe to say that they get saved. But when you read verse 17, we read, So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hand on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say to get saved because Paul had already been praying to God for salvation. I'm sure he had repented to God, say, God, I am sorry for the people I've been persecuted. I am sorry. I'm sure he had had some days there where he had been crying out to God for forgiveness. So now God tells Ananias to uh, send Ananias to him so that he might receive back his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see two different experiences? The same we see in uh, Acts 19. In Acts 19, uh, Paul and Apollos, uh, they are on a mission, and they meet some people which the Bible calls believers. And if the Bible calls them believers, there is pretty good argument to argue that they actually were believers, if the Bible calls them believers. So, Acts 19, verse 1 and 2. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. 
And then he has a kind of a strange question to someone who is a believer. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there, that there is a Holy Spirit. So it says, first they meet several believers, but for Paul, being a believer, I'm sure he believed that all believers have the Holy Spirit. But still, his first question is, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Why? Because to them, that was two separate experiences. Being a believer was one thing. Being filled with the Holy Spirit was another thing. Two different experiences. And Paul was very eager that they would have both of these experiences. Then in Acts 19, verse 6, it says, Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Again, we see how there are two different experiences. There is salvation, and then there is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's clear Many places in the book of Acts, you see how these two things were not one and the same experience. There were examples where people got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit at the same time, like in uh, Acts uh, 10 or 11, where the, uh, Cornelius, uh, the first Gentile believers, get saved. Then we read how Peter... He was preaching the gospel, and while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit came, and they started to speak in tongues. They started to prophesy. The, suddenly, the Holy Spirit, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, so Peter right away makes sure that they also get baptized in water, which kind of shows you how important water baptism also was for the first believers. But when we read in the Bible, the thing that becomes very clear is that salvation and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, why, whether you call it baptism in the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit or receiving the Holy Spirit, that's not the real, uh, the big issue. The big issue is to understand that there are two different experiences. One is being saved, another is being baptized, being filled, receiving the Holy Spirit, whatever you choose to call it, and we need both of these experiences in order to live a victorious Christian life. We need to be saved, be forgiven of our sins. We need to be baptized in water to burn the bridges to, to our old life. And we need to receive the Holy Spirit, be baptized in the Holy Spirit, so we get the power we need to live the new life. I want to repeat that at the end. We need to receive forgiveness for our sins. We need to be baptized to bury the bridges to our old life. And we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so we have the power to live the new life. All of these things are important. And when we read in the Bible, we see that even though all believers have the Holy Spirit, Receiving the Holy Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Spirit is a separate 
experience. Sometimes it happened right away, but very often there was uh, intervals between them. In uh, Acts in chapter 2, it happened right away. In Acts 8, there were some days in between. In uh, 19, we don't know exactly how long period these people had been believers before they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And with Cornelius' house, we, it happened right away. But we need to, ex uh, to understand that these are two different experiences. Amen. I think we will take a break there. I just wanted to take this time to, to, to show you that even though, yes, we do believe that all believers have the Holy Spirit, we also want you to know that there is a separate experience where you are being filled with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe that necessarily is only a one-time thing. I believe we can experience to be filled again and again and again. And I believe we need to be filled again and again to keep the fire alive, to keep the passion burning in our heart. As soon as we feel the passion is starting to fade, as soon as we feel our relationship with God is starting to, to maybe cool down, we need to cry out to God to again fill us with His Spirit so that this power can be, this uh, fire can continue to burn in our hearts. Amen. Let's take a break there and then we will continue later. Mm -hmm. 